Guru Nation, thank you so much for checking out another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. It really means a lot to me. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to thank my sponsors. The first one is Inato. That's I-N-A-T-O, and you can find them at Inato.com. Inato is business development for free for sites. Whether you are a brand new site, whether you're an experienced site, you go on there, you create your site profile, they will match you with appropriate studies. They will jump on Zoom calls with you to prepare you for potential site selection visits from sponsors. They will tell you if your capabilities are up to par with what the sponsor is looking for, if your demographics are up to par as far as your patient population and your site capabilities. You build out your profile for free. They go to work trying to match you with appropriate studies. They talk to you about it. If you're a fit, they hand you off to the sponsor. There is no catch. There is no budget that they take on the back end. It's just a service where they match sites to sponsors for free. I'm a paid client of my own service, DSCS, where we do a bunch of hand-holding for sites, where we help them do their budgets, try to get them studies, help them with their feasibilities, create SOPs, create source, all that stuff for a low monthly fee, 1500 bucks. I use Inato as well because it's free. And why not complement the other things I'm doing for my business development, for my marketing, for my operations with a free site profile on Inato? These guys know what they're doing. They're running tech. They're experts in research and in tech. And they're merging the two things together, Inato.com. Thank you very much. My second sponsor, Versatrel. I was a huge skeptic of Versatrel. And now I use Versatrel on a daily basis, multiple times a day. For any of you guys that do studies, you know that most studies have between 8 to 12 different vendors for various aspects of running the trial from the IRB to the IRT to the EDC to the recruitment companies to all kinds of various things even within those portals that are sometimes hard to find and you got to navigate to electronic patient reported outcomes, the trainings for the patient diaries, the backup. There's so many things. Versatrial lets you store all these things in your site workspace for free for as many studies as you want. And then they have a backend tool that helps you also do feasibility surveys for your site. So it cuts down the time on your feasibility surveys tremendously. I absolutely recommend all sites Use Versatrel, versatrel.io. Finally, Creo, clinicalresearch.io. Talk about a company that I was extremely skeptical of when I first heard of Ray's idea in 2017. Now I can't live life without Creo. I've been using Creo as a power user for two years. I've been playing with it on and off for the previous five years. Creo has an e-source. It has an e-reg. It has a CTMS. It has patient recruitment. It has e-consent. It has financial forecasting. It has a marketplace where you can buy source templates. They have so many things. They roll out new things all the time. They have an incredible support team. They have a help desk that actually is responsive immediately on chat with a question mark right by your workspace. It's amazing. It is all my coordinators know at Yuma Clinical Trials, we started with Electronic Source and never looked back. It has made our lives so much more easier. And Creo has such a cool 
back end where they're now collaborating with other tech companies in the industry and sponsors. And you just want to be on the right side of history when it comes to our industry and where technology is moving and site-centric solutions like Creo, like Inato, like Versatrel. They're here to stay, guys. Go check it out in the show notes. And now enjoy the show. What's up, Guru Nation? Let's demystify clinical research. Hey, Guru Nation, welcome back to a very special episode. So this is Mike, CEO of Versatrial. He's the founder. His link is underneath this video, his LinkedIn. I'm going to let him introduce himself, but he just shadowed us at Yuma Clinical Trial. Here's the proof, guys. Okay, it really happened. Um, we did a randomization visit and a screening visit the same day, the same times, and Mike kind of witnessed all of it. And this is, I don't think it's ever been done before where a tech vendor witnesses in person and then gives his immediate thoughts to the public on what he just observed, good or bad. I have no idea what Mike's going to say because I, I didn't even ask him. But just introduce yourself real quick, maybe like 20 second, yeah, short bio. We did a full video with Mike, a few videos back, so go check it out. Thanks, Tim, for having me on the podcast and also welcoming me into your office today and getting to meet the whole Thanks for coming, man. staff. I feel like I've watched hundreds of hours of videos of that room and your team. And <laughs> to actually be in the room with with everybody was was really neat and special. Surreal. So, for yeah. us too, man. Yeah, thank you for, for setting that up. Um, background on myself, I'm a software developer. I fell into the world of clinical research a little over 15 years ago, first working at the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research helping connect Parkinson's patients to studies and just figured this was the industry for me. Really love the idea of moving science forward and bringing the next wave of cures and treatments and better treatments for patients. And so knew that this is where I wanted to spend my time. Um, along the way, I had a couple of interesting roles uh, around, uh, at one point I worked at a startup where we had iPads in the waiting room at doctor's offices and got to spend a lot of time sitting in doctor's offices all day, every day, understanding the patient experience while they're in the waiting room, understanding the woman that's or the, the person who's working at the front desk, understanding the doctor workflow. And so just sitting in doctor's offices was something I became very comfortable with. You get to observe, yeah. observe yeah. a lot. And then uh, more so recently- used to the setting that you were in. Very used to the setting. Uh, but I think the setting of clinical research doctor's offices has some, some differences that um, I think we can speak to on, on this podcast. But- um, and then spent the last few years helping pharma companies and patient recruitment companies better work together. And uh, in starting Versatrial a year ago, really wanted to build something for sites, something that could help sites uh, solve a problem that they were having, not be a technology that they were being told to use, but something that they would choose to use and wanted to go after a couple of challenges that we were seeing at sites. So Mike's super humble, but translation, he's a successful serial entrepreneur. Successful, you've had numerous um, exits and investors have been happy, I'm pretty sure. And Versatrial, you know, you saw a problem and we're going to get into those problems. Um, but I just wanted to let Guru Nation know, I was extremely skeptical. I've grown jaded with <laughs> tech, anything in this industry. So my default is usually like, this is not going to work. So when you first reach out to me about Versatrial. I said, oh, okay, sure. You're going to make my life easier. Okay, Mike, whatever. And it wasn't until Judy told me, hey, 
give this versatile thing a trial. Uh, he's I met Mike at a conference. It's actually pretty cool. I got a demo of it, and I did. And sure enough, it's something that I use multiple times a day. My staff uses, as you've seen. Um, so I wanted to let Guru Nation know I'm proud to have Versatrial as a sponsor, and you're going to be hearing a lot more about them. I think everybody underneath the show notes as well, in addition to contacting Mike, you can go check out Versatrial and sign up your site. It's free, and it's going to make your life easier. I didn't even talk about the feasibility part of it yet. Just wanted to get that out there. Um, yeah, you were a hard, hard man to track down. You, I, I read your book several years ago. I watched all the videos, and I was like, Dan is at the top of my my list. And so you, glad I converted you. It took a while, but I got there. It's a good product. Like The product converted me, honestly. I was like, oh, okay. When I first had that Zoom, okay, it's interesting. Let's actually use it. Sure enough, it works. It does what it's supposed to do and a lot more, which are nice little surprises here and there. My favorite part is when I click on a new feasibility survey and I'm already signed into Versatrail and my previous answers like address, condo is already done for me. It's like a huge time saver. Um, but anyways, you were at the site today, yep. randomization and a screening, two separate mm-hmm. studies. We all kind of split up and you kind of did a little bit of everything. What were your macro level observations and thoughts and micro and let's just get into that. Yeah. Um, so you're in a doctor's office setting. Uh, so there's, you know, a waiting room experience. There's, I'm taking time away from my day to come to this. I'm thinking about my health. So from the position of the, the patient and the person that's there, it's very similar to other healthcare scenarios. I think you're, you're, you know, taking time out of your day to, to do something related to your health. I think what's different from previous experiences that I have had where it's doctor's offices, but not in the clinical research setting, there's more consistency and structure to what's going on. Um, if you are going to a primary care office or a, a um, arthritis specialist or whatever it might be, there's a very clear kind of yeah. process you run through. Mm-hmm. The, we're going to weigh you first, we're going to do the eye exam, you're going to sit, we're going to wait, and then the doctor's going to come in and then we're going to check you out on the way out and check your insurance. It's very uh, consistent and right. it's something that it's very easy to train staff around because it's yeah. familiar. And you're also using usually just one or two uh, software technologies that you as a, as a company have chosen. Mm-hmm. So that doctor's office chose that Athena Health EMR, or they chose the Epic EMR. And so maybe those tools aren't the best, but you're familiar with it, you're learning that system and, you're, and someone's training you on it you enter the world of clinical research, and now I feel like a lot of challenges get introduced because uh, the consistency is not there. The repeatability is not there, which means it's almost like every day has its own set of challenges. Um, So what I observed was, you know, two different protocols with two different sponsors, with different CROs, with different technologies, uh, which means that just even the process of randomization was something that you have to learn on the fly in, in that moment. And you run into an issue. And now it's an issue of, wait a second, I've never seen this before. This is new. The patient is now in the room. So the clock is ticking. I want to make sure they have a good experience and aren't, yeah. aren't getting um, you know, stuck there longer than they need to be. But all of a sudden it's, okay, who do I contact to sort this out? And there's the CRA, <laughs> the tech vendor. And there was a bit of a, you know, a scramble and a rush to kind of sort that out. And I think in normal healthcare settings, that isn't really a problem because you've done this a million times. It's very consistent. It's repeatable. 
so what's really interesting to me was I think in clinical research, there's this lot of uh, unknown surprises that bump up and then you have to be very uh, on your feet, respond to that, have discretion, be a problem solver, which is all great skills, but also leads to stress and yeah. uh, challenges that, that means you can't, you can't be going to cruise control mode and be just efficient. You yep. have to figure yep. it out as you go. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, there's a lot to unpack there, but one of the things you mentioned is it's not the same thing every day, especially at a smaller site where we have coordinators that are generalists, so they're not specialized. Like It's not like, hey, you, Katie, you're just doing data entry. You, Daisy, you're just seeing patients and you're just doing blood draws here. Everyone does everything. They're all cross-trained on all those studies. Right. So that chaos or variability is actually what uh, one of the things that when I ask my coordinators, hey, what do you like about the job? That's one of the first things that comes up. They say, even though it's often stressful, I like that every day is different. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when I, I was a CNA, you know, for my other doctors at my previous work, it was like the same thing every day. And you can even see it at the MAs in our office. They're watching us doing different things every day. And they've asked me, like, hey, what do you guys do all day? It's always something else. It's because they're used to over and over and over the same thing. Right. And with coordinators, at least at the smaller clinics, it's completely what, what you've observed, which is just chaos and always something different. Right. So there's pros and cons to that as well. Um, what did you think, like, what did you not expect, I guess, that you saw, like, from the process two pretty important visits the screening and a baseline they're like probably the toughest visits yeah in any study it um so i've definitely been to sites previously this definitely was uh, i didn't have a chance to sit two at the same time like i think that was really interesting because there was things to sort out on both of them and i, I think you did a great job kind of you know <laughs> responding on the fly and and yeah. giving the marching orders to the team and making sure everybody was moving forward and doing right by the patient and their time to get them out of there. That's uh, my main priority is like get them in and out as fast as possible. Yeah. Get them a sandwich or something if they're waiting. Like, just Yeah, it was nice running over to Subway and coming back with sandwiches <laughs> for them. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it, the the one thing that just kind of I come back to it, like, it's, like you said, it's everything today is different, but also in that chaos, like it can sometimes not be clear what to do. Right. Um, you know, the, the vendor's not working, uh, whether it's the lab or the, the IRT system. And so you were kind of like, okay, like, well, first let's do the CRA. Okay, that's not, let's go to the CTM. Okay, now we're on the phone call with the vendor to sort this out. And it just feels like there's um, not always like a straight path to get right. unblocked right. And, and solve this. And so this escalation feels like it adds to the stress. Yeah. And when people aren't picking up the phone or, or being I would say that's responses. definitely unnecessary stress because the variability of day-to-day -day being different is one thing. Yeah. But to have things go wrong during those during that variability compounds the chaos. Like you have in a sense controlled chaos before problems happen. Right. But then when the problems occur, it becomes like it could become uncontrolled chaos. Right. And that's where a lot of newer coordinators get stressed out and if they don't have like a site director there kind of telling people hey calm down who cares if it's a deviation just do it yeah you know you saw the coordinator reaction they're like they didn't want to do it because of deviation just do it who cares yeah. it's not a major one and that's right. when you ask 
what's the differences between major minor and all that but where where do you see versatrial like helping out in the to some extent you're bringing some semblance of order to the chaos yeah it was it definitely i put a smile on my face when versatrial popped up on your team screens without me organically right? organically without me prompting it <laughs> And it was uh, written on our board. It's on the board. Yeah. Uh, so just for viewers at home. So Versatrial, you can almost think of it as uh, a team shareable bookmark organizer specifically designed for clinical research and shared amongst everybody on your team. So when we, we started the company, what we saw a consistent pattern was every study comes with its own box of many different technology systems, EDC, IRT, EPRO, ECOA, recruitment portal, labs, things like that. Uh, there wasn't a great place to put that in your EHR or your CTMS. Right. And you wanted to create order of that chaos. So people had some great solutions that were a bit more of a workaround. So they either had a nice Excel file with the uh, you know, their passwords in that as their cheat sheet, or they would go into the browser and save bookmarks and folders in the browser. Uh, some people were more organized than others. But what was very clear to us was every person on the team had to come up with their own organizational way of putting this together. And it meant that if you were a backup coordinator or sub PI, you weren't benefiting from the, the nicely organized lead coordinator's um, precedent. Mm -hmm. And so we built a, a very lightweight tool, three for sites, to basically plug in there and say, it help answer the question, where do I need to go or who do I need to talk to for this particular study? Mm -hmm. So whether that's the contact details of my CRA or the sponsor or the CTM, or is it all those systems and portals and, and links? And so yeah, and we're bringing it all into one view. We're going to get into like a lot of um, your ideas for what could make the process even better of what you've observed. But I think it's fairly common what you just saw, like at most sites when they have a new type of visit, like a new randomization. That the randomization visit, it was our first one for that study. So that was the one that was causing like 80% of the chaos. The other one, really, the screening we've done, that's like our eighth one. Yeah. There was really no chaos. It was just a matter of lining up things in order. Right. And making sure the sub by with his limited time, he, I mean, he had to get out of there in a half an hour. He actually did a lot for half an hour yeah. just being there. Um, and then as long as you can keep the patients from feeling like they're in chaos. And I went into the patients to both of them and said, Hey, you know, sorry for the extra time it's taking. And they were like, Oh, I didn't notice anything. They told me like, Hey, I didn't notice anything so unusual. So right. I'm, I'm just chilling here. <laughs> you had a very calm bedside manner, uh, to, to even develop though, that. Over even though the, the chaos is, is happening in the other room, <laughs> to your point, it's, it felt like it was very organized from the patient perspective. So I thought that was great. You should never let the patient feel like you don't know what you're doing. Right. Yeah, and that's one of the things I try to stress to my staff. And I think they've they've been there, the, the more senior ones, almost a year and the more junior one, like four months. Yeah. I think they're getting really good at that, too. I think the thing that was really interesting to me was I was very familiar with like site initiation visits and the idea of you get kind of trained before it's prime time. And now the patients are coming in through the door. Mm -hmm. But when I was talking with Katie and I was like, oh, well, like, you know, was was this covered in the SIV? Yeah. That's the questions. And it, and it was like. Yes, but like the SID was back in November. And this is the first. And it's May right now for the yeah, watching. <laughs> I had to check my watch. I was like, wait, I was doing the math on how many months, months ago that yeah, was. Half a year. And so the, just the idea of many studies at once that you have to keep in your head, a training that was back in November, which is wild. Since November, Katie's done at least 10 site selection visits on different studies as well. Um, 
And so now it's prime time, you know, it's like the day of the game, the big <laughs> game, and the patient's there. And it was interesting to me that you have to kind of, um, as an individual, like kind of practice or study or kind of like keep it up to date yeah. before that, that day, or you're kind of learning it on the fly a little bit yeah. for that first visit. So yeah. Now you, you talk to a lot of sponsors, um, I'm assuming, right? At these conferences. A lot of sponsors and heroes, yeah. And do you think they have any idea of what it's like doing these visits as a site? Like they never shadow. I don't think I've ever had a sponsor representative shadow us ever in my 17 years. Yeah. Um, what do you think they would think about all this if they were there? So some of my favorite favorite people in the industry to talk to are someone that's sat in multiple seats because that gives them perspective, the general. Yeah. So when I meet someone that's at a sponsor today that was also a CRA and a CRC, and it's like, they get it. They know that this is a pain and a problem and, and there's burden and a happy site is a happy study. Like that's the way to think of it. I see. And, and so I do think some people who maybe haven't had that site perspective or don't spend time with sites and you know, you're viewing them as numbers and patient counts and things like that. You don't realize like all of the, the what goes on uh, the on the other extra, side. Um, the intangibles. You know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you're a sports guy, but there's players that are stars and then players that are, have bring all the intangibles that no matter where you put them, they, they win. They exactly. end up winning. Right. I think like the sides kind of are that role in a way. Like there's the good sides that just kind of do well and. Um, they may not get the credit and all that, but they're the ones that actually produce numbers and good data. Right. It's a hard job. It's it's <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a um, it's a necessary part of clinical research. It's the front lines of clinical research. And I think uh, for any sponsors or CROs that haven't had a chance to you know sit in your shoes for a day, like I think I would encourage them to do it because it really does give the full perspective of. You know, I think there's a lot of lip service of like, oh, patient centricity and things like that. And, and you know, the quote that I've heard a lot is you can't have patient centricity without site centricity. Like if, if the site is bogged down and burdened and not set up for success, then that means the patient's in the waiting room, not happy and, and dropping out of your study. So you have to do right by sites, but to, to do right by sites, you have to understand what is helping and what is hurting them and not just throw, so, throw solutions at them that might not actually be effective. So that's actually good topic so as a um, tech vendor founder and a successful entrepreneur like repeat entrepreneur you must look at this as tremendous opportunity for versa trial like not just from what you've seen today but like there's clearly a lot of inefficiencies uh, <laughs> we're, we'll get better as we do more randomizations but um, from your perspective what do you take away from this as far as in a versatile framework? Mm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I like building, I like solving problems and I like immersing myself in someone's world to understand what the problems are. So as a product person, if someone likes to, to build solutions, you have to do that. I think what's particularly tough about our industry is like in other places, like if you're um, trying to help a company, like usually you, you only have to kind of understand one person, understand the problem, and they are both like the customer and the user, and things get pretty easy to, to say like, okay, we're building something right because you're going to buy it. You're getting out your wallet to pay for it. Right. I think what's interesting in the world of clinical research is that it's such a complex set of stakeholders that are coming together. Sponsor, CRO, FDA, site, patients. Um, you know, you, you help only one of them. 
and uh, you know, you, you, like it's you have to find a way to build. Um, like wow, that's a, a, good... a, a win for everybody is hard because not everybody has the same needs or challenges. Right. Uh, but there are clear problems that exist because of the disconnects between the different stakeholders. So when wow. a yes. CRO is working with a site, a CRO has a technology system on their end that they are using to manage the day-to-day -day and try to understand the world. And then there is a site that has their system where they are understanding the world or their whiteboard. And so those systems don't talk to each other. There are firewalls. And so there's a lot of inefficiencies between just trying to keep keep our worldviews in sync across the different companies. And what's really tough is because of the proprietary nature of what we're doing, there's not a lot of sharing and open source and collaboration. And if anything, a lot of this is viewed as a competitive edge of like, these are my sites or I know the best sites or right, right. I'm giving my sites a good tool and it can only be used on my study. So the, that sort of competitive mindset at the end of the day, I think holds us back as an industry because it means you, Dan, as a site and your team are now inheriting on your 20 studies, 20 different ways of doing things, 20 different solutions, 20 different ways to escalate or try to share data back and forth. And that fragmentation leads to frustration, burden, hits on morale, turnover. Yeah. And now it's one of those things where it's like all ships rise, but also all ships can sink if we're all adding to the site burden because right. now the sites are having a tough time getting through the day and getting our patients out of the waiting room and, and through the process. That competition amongst the CROs especially is understandable. I mean, sites in bigger markets do that too. Like I come from LA, the greater LA area. And there's a site on every corner basically. And they don't collaborate either. So I understand why the CROs don't. Out here in Yuma, it's different. We're the only site. Um, there's something interesting, though, that when you were talking about that, it got me thinking. So the way I see it, the sponsors and the CROs and even the tech vendors are knowledge workers, primarily, like well, maybe 100% knowledge workers, right? Sites have to be half knowledge worker, half service workers because of the patient aspect. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, we went to Subway today to buy sandwiches. We became service workers. Like, yeah, you know, we went, if it wasn't me, somebody else would have gone bring sandwiches or in some cases get dry ice or, you know, um, we're almost like service based businesses and knowledge based. Cause when, when the patient leaves, we're back to being knowledge workers. Mm -hmm. So we have to like flip back and forth. And I think the, that's the main difference that's rarely articulated in this industry is like we're like a hybrid knowledge service worker and sponsor CROs, tech vendors are like 100% knowledge based. And yeah. Not really have patient facing aspects unless you're an e-pro company or something. I would definitely agree with that. Like it was clear that what like it flipped when the patients left. Yeah. <laughs> there was a clear like flipping point of like, okay, we're switching mindsets and we're, we're putting on a different hat. Yeah. Like that was really interesting. And it also reminded me, I used to work at a restaurant where there's the, you know, the peak dinner time rush where everyone's yeah. coming in and it's really hectic. And then it kind of like everyone leaves and then there's the lull you and now we're, up, and now we're, you know, just breaking down the tables and stuff like that. Yep. So it very much felt similar of you are the face of right. that research. You, the site is the face of that, that sponsor, that CRO, but it, it's your coordinators that are sitting there talking, going through the ICF yeah. and making the patient comfortable. And so if that person is feeling 
extra stressed and extra overwhelmed that day because of burden and all the challenges of research that are being thrown at them, then that doesn't help anyone. Yeah. And so the wins in my mind are, how do, you, how do you help that person be productive, have a more effective day so that they have that much more of a smile on their face when they're meeting the patient in the, in the waiting room and bringing them through the process mm -hmm. and not scrambling and pulling a fire drill every five minutes. I think one of the reasons why I'm proud to have you guys as a sponsor, it was very clear to me from day one, you guys and some of the other ones that sponsored Creo and Inato, to name a few, Viva, um, they're site focused too. Like they, so in a way you can argue maybe they're service based when it comes to sites, because like your product's free, Viva's product's free, Inato's product free, Creo charges, but they're, they're clearly all site focused services yeah but then the, what they also flip like you flip when you talk to a site versus when you talk to a sponsor right as the ceo of versatrail like you go from like service minded to telling the sponsor okay now i'm a knowledge worker like this is how we can make this work for you yeah so i guess if you dissect it enough it's not that different maybe you also flip it's just maybe less uh, or more subtle yeah you um Definitely, it was there's obvious a, to me. Definitely, when I talk to you guys. Yeah, there's definitely a flip because the challenges that you have are different than the, the challenges that the CRO has is mm -hmm. different than the challenges that the sponsor have. But there is um, overlap in if one person is successful, that makes the other successful because we all have this dependency on each other. Uh, like the the sponsor can't be successful if their CRO or their site is not successful, and vice versa. You as a site are not successful. If your sponsor can't put together a protocol that matches a patient population that you can recruit for. <laughs> Happens a lot. <laughs> so the the idea of us all being dependent on each other is there, but we all have different um, things that are top of mind for us that are the most critical. The sponsor is about you know forecasting and managing resources and site selection, whereas you're focused on the patients that you've lined up on the calendar for the next week or two right. and, and like the day-to-day -day of your team. But it all adds up to one group trying to move science forward but we all the metaphor i always love is the the blind uh, men with uh, the elephant and like everyone's touching a different part of the elephant <laughs> and, but no one really knows that it's an elephant like one yeah. person's touching the tail and one person's touching the trunk so at the end of the day like our industry is the elephant we just all come at it from different perspectives right um right. and it's pretty rare i think for someone to have the full picture of the elephant and so you opening up your doors let me shadow was was a nice chance to to kind of gain more perspective and hopefully the podcast today gets to oh, share anytime like we'll do more um to conclude i need to talk about the feasibility aspect of yeah. versatrail and there's also other cool like interconnectivity like you just showed how you've you now connect with creo it's like a nice little feature yeah um so you guys have done your homework you've you've queried sites Actually, Katie's gotten a gift card from you guys for doing surveys. Easter eggs, guys, coordinator. You might get random days where you log into Versatrail and they'll say, do this quick five-minute survey for a $25 Amazon gift card. That was really nice. Nice of you guys. What? When did you decide the feasibility would be a good idea? Was it after the bookmark or was that what you wanted to start with from the beginning? Yeah, it was... Um, it was both kind of light bulbs hit at the same time. And as a young company, you usually don't want to do two things at once. You want to yeah. hone in on one thing. Because they're two very different things. Two very different things. Um, 
for, for folks at home, so on the feasibility side, we really help a site better understand the knowledge base of what are you saying in these feasibility questionnaires so that you can uh, put your best foot forward each time a sponsor wants to, or Sierra wants to work with you. Um, and so that early on in Verstral was an idea we had. And so we put out an early version of that and I think got some great feedback from sites of how we make it better and we build upon it. Um, and so we're really excited about the future of how we continue to develop that platform because ultimately at the end of the day is as a site owner, we want to bring you the right trials that align with um, your capacity, expertise, where you're trying to go as an organization. There's a lot of studies out there. Not, not every study is the right fit for you. And on the other side of things, the sponsors are trying to find the right sites as well. So there's, right. there's this really interesting match. I would actually say most of the studies are not for you. I would say most of the studies are not for most of the sites. Right. But that's not how myself included. We can't always be choosy, especially when we're newer right. type of sites. We just pick whatever studies we think we have a remote chance of even getting one or two patients randomized. Right. Um, but yeah, so sorry to interrupt you. So right now we're really honing in on helping just the site better understand your own sense of like, what are you saying in these things and what are you saying over time? And helping you understand where you should be going as an organization. Um, Brad Hightower put me onto the feasibility because I, I just thought Versatile, Versatile was cool just from the bookmark aspect. And I was talking to Brad about it, and he's like, "Yeah, I know, but have you done the feasibility? Like that's to me, that's the best part." Yeah. And I had no idea. I remember an hour telling me about it, but I never messed with it until I finally did my first feasibility. And yeah. Second, and I'm like, "Wow." This is better than the bookmarks to me <laughs> as a site director. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, the two go hand in hand. So ultimately, there's a future world where that will connect the dots on those two. Uh, where as something gets one, it kind of works its way over to the organizer. Uh, but for, for anyone at home that, you know, loves when that feasibility questionnaire hits the inbox. And on average, it's 92 questions per feasibility. And a lot of those are going to be asking the same thing again and again. Uh, we're there to be an assistance for you to help make that process smoother make it easier to make sure you can level up your whole team so that everyone would feel comfortable doing the feasibility questionnaire. Um, it's an important thing to make sure sponsors are informed about you, but it's a bit of a pain to constantly share that yeah, information again and again. So our goal is to make that a little bit easier for you. A lot easier. So thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for coming down and we'll definitely do more and I'll feature Versatrail a lot more now that you guys are sponsoring. I, I really feel like every site should get it. It's free just play around with it the coordinators will love it for the bookmark organization and site directors will love it for the feasibility it's the, it's the fun thing has been the pi response to it so we can all we, i think a lot of us know the non-technical pi that that doesn't Ours. do well with technology <laughs> uh we've seen a lot of instances where a really well organized coordinator moves their organization into our system and it unlocks so much value for the rest of the team their backup coordinator as well as the pi and now yeah. there's a lot less Hey, can you send me that link? Hey, which yeah. is the EDC? And now it's just, you can go on vacation, sit on a beach for two weeks and not get those sort of right. last minute scrambles because you've brought the organization to, to everybody else. And and also like everyone who contributes links to the little bookmark studies, the, the other team members get access to those links too. So yeah. you're like community building your resources. So really cool product. Really proud to have you guys as a sponsor. It's not that often that we get like site-centric things that actually are good. So I'm very happy about that, Mike. And thank you for doing this podcast. Thanks for having me in Yuma, Dan. It's been nice. Yeah, man. We'll go back right now. Everybody like, subscribe, comment, share. Go follow Mike on LinkedIn and go check out Versatile. It's free 
and you might even get a gift card on a random Thursday. Bye-bye.